What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Carl Starkey, the co-founder of Awesome Sauce Company, the world's first sustainably focused sauce and condiment company, uh, featured in Dine Line, Food Business News, all over the place. He actually was also voted a finalist for the CPG Rising Star Award. This guy has got energy out the wazoo. 4 a.m. is my noon for him. So, uh, Carl, so grateful that you're joining us on Give an Ovation today. And tell us a little bit about Awesome Sauce Why'd you start it? What is it? Zach, I appreciate you. You nailed it. Uh, and good work on the due diligence there. I, did, I didn't win the CPA, which I'm a little salty about, but <laughs> I, was, I was there. Um, so awesome sauce. You, you got it. We're the world's first sustainability-focused sauce company. We come to you as a powder. You take a reusable container, add water, powder, and shake. So I think we're, what we're, we're doing is we're taking a step back and looking at the condiment industry, which not a lot of people look at. It's massive. It's $130 billion and it's split 60-40 food service to, to retail. And we're, really? looking at this, we're looking at this industry saying, man, the last true innovation is the squeeze bottle. And when you think about what Heinz is doing, we'll, we'll throw them under the bus. What Heinz is doing with just ketchup, they produce 100 million pounds of plastic per year, just in ketchup. Oh my gosh. And so we're, we're looking at this and we're saying, look, it doesn't matter where that ketchup sits, home counter, restaurant, stadium. If that bottle is being thrown away, it's ending up in a landfill and there's a better way to do that. So we started Awesome Sauce as a way of eliminating the burden on consumers for recycling because it's a flawed system. So might I suggest, by the way, a new tagline? Talk to me. Practice safe eating. Use sustainable condiments. <laughs> I see what you did there. Good dog. <laughs> I see. I see what you did there. You dirty you say dog. To use condiments. I mean, I, anyway, I no, love we, it. We man. say we say sauce responsibly, or uh, in oh, my emails, go. I say in sauce we trust. Oh yeah, like <laughs> it, man. So yeah. first of all, building a product like this has been is really challenging, right? There's you have so many other factors that go into it beyond just you know, when you, when you open up a restaurant, you, when you have that retail location for you guys, you got to go find the retail locations. You got to find those buyers. Um, and it's, it's not a very well mapped out process really. So w- what have been some of the biggest challenges and, and how have you overcome them in, in developing awesome sauce? Yeah, it's, it, you're right. I think there's like with anything, there's pros and cons to it. I mean, I think the the pro to being in CPG is we're not landlocked. We're not at we're not in a brick and mortar, so so we can expand. Like growth is not capped. Uh, I think the downside to it is you have to find relevance, and I think if you have a brick and mortar, you immediately have relevance in your square footage. Yeah. Uh, and so for for us, I think the one of the bigger challenges I think with any CPG is finding that relevance. Like, where do you fit in? Finding those first customers and replicating them. Why are the first customers coming to you? What do they like, dislike about the product? And then how do you replicate that? And I mean, if you're selling online and in in a digital space, um, th- th- I mean, there's a ton of other intricacies of, around like 
marketing tactics? Uh, how creative can you get to grow that market? Um, with our product specifically, there's there's a decent amount of food science, so those have been challenges. Um, our product inherently focuses not only on the sauce but the container, and so right. so our our container is an important piece. Um, we can be as container agnostic as we want. However, if we want to build the brand, we believe that winning the winning the refrigerator wins the customer. And so having an iconic container, whether it be the glass jar that we have right now, or a squeeze bottle that we have in design, or a dispenser at a stadium, or some sort of a, a to-go cup in a restaurant um, setting, I think for every dollar that we spend on R&D or sales, we want it to bring back a dollar and 20 on marketing. So as people see it, we want, we need them to be excited. So not only are we developing the, the food product, but we're also developing the container. So what about the, the flavor profile? Cause that's something where, you know, my first thought is, and I'm sure that you have to overcome this is when you think about like a powdered ketchup, I mean, I immediately think of like something that's gritty, right? Yep. How yep. do you, how do you overcome that perception? And then how did you overcome that in the actual food science? Cause I'm assuming it's not a sandy ketchup. Right. And we, we love the wow factor. Like we, we were on a nationally televised TV show and we want to uh, unanimously won a taste test contest, but against Heinz. Um, no. So, so yeah. So on the food science side, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can go through starches and, and various ingredients. Um, but then I think the perception side of it, that's different. There's like, well, there's like the, the, consistency which uh -huh. that's the food science and then there's the digital perception of the grainy like you would think that right and i think one of the ways that we've been trying to get over that is is video over over photography and so as you see it when you see the product being you see made, a french fry dip into that right and you're seeing and... ketchup that comes out just like any other ketchup you would have you're like oh wow um i think there's other tactics you can get into as well i mean uh, over the last decade, brands have have increasingly used influencer marketing. And so the higher the profile influencer, you get an actor or an actress that already your your audience trusts. If they say they like it, you're, you you win a little social capital there. They're like, right. oh, oh, okay. Ashton Kutcher likes it. Sure. I bet yeah. I'll like it. And see, and here's the thing is that going being a CPG brand, you know, consumer packaged goods, by the way, we've, we've used that acronym a few times, yeah. but for those listeners who might not know consumer packaged goods, you have that ability to go nationwide and to get these, these large, um, these large sponsorships. I think that for smaller people that, you know, you can, you can use these micro influencers, people that have 5,000, 10,000 followers on Instagram, you, you may just need to give them a free meal and they'll come yeah. in and post about it. Or, just invite them in and, and treat them well and give them a, a free drink. And, you know, these are types of things where, you know, using the marketing tactics of what, what big nationwide groups are trying to do, you could do that locally. Yeah. Just like Xavier of Coinly, where he, we just had him on the podcast and he is able to connect local businesses with collegiate athletes, connecting them yeah. with these micro influencers that I feel like is so critical to getting people to come into your location and really spreading the word on, uh, and how do you use social media 
in your local area. You don't go after the Ashton Kutchers. You go after the collegiate athletes. You go after the small people. And anyway, great idea to get people in the door. Yeah, I mean, engagement rate is is really um, an interesting thing to look at because you could have somebody with a million followers, but then they get like five likes on a photo. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's not like that million followers isn't as valuable as let's say somebody who has 2,500, but are, but ends up getting 500 comments or likes on a photo, totally. like their engagement, their engagement rate is so different. Um, you can equate that to trust. Yeah. And so I would, I would be much more willing to give a free sample to somebody with 2,500 followers getting 20% engagement rate than somebody with a million. Now I think TikTok is changing that a little bit. There's this, there's this virality element where somebody might see some element of a video that then becomes funny. And so then you end up getting on 14 million uh, phones. And so by default, even the smallest percentage ends up like, like even, even in restaurants, right? You might have somebody who is a figure going into a restaurant and then that restaurant now sees an uptick in, in the, the tables that they're seating because on TikTok, 14 million people saw that and they're like, oh shit, I want to go there. I want to try it. I saw something I liked. And and so I think there's two worlds to, to think about. You either go after the, the biggest number of eyes, but your engagement rate isn't overly sexy, or you try to go after those high engagement rate. And, and really, you got to get to be able to be a little more focused there. Absolutely. So with something like this, I lived in Eastern Europe for two years. And over there, ketchup is crazy. I mean, you have as many flavors of ketchup as you do types of salad dressing in the typical grocery store. So is are you thinking about adding any weird flavors to the ketchup or are you mainly kind of sticking to your basics for now? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, I don't think we had that question yet. So the answer is yes, 100%. Um, in- we believe that the consumers are willing to be promiscuous within a, within a brand and try. That's, that's why they different. need condiments. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so you have to be, you have to be prescribed in the way that you do it. You have to be um, surgical. Yeah. You have to be strategic. Yeah. You have to be strategic in, in the approach. Like, when do you roll these new flavors out? So right now we've come out with three SKUs um, and we call those our, our movers. So there's ketchup, barbecue, hot sauce. We're working on mustard. Those are big movers in the U.S. and based on the market. But as we as we gain um, traction in the market, then I think you add in your truffle ketchup, you add in a spicy ketchup. Um, you add in a sriracha ketchup or something, some, some additives. So you have what we call flavor adjacents. Um, so I think certainly, um, you, you kind of have to prove one skew first though. Yeah, no, totally. Right. And this, this is absolutely a crawl, walk, run methodology here, because yeah, if, if you're doing everything for everyone, you're really doing nothing for no one. Um, but there's some there's some great, you know, Trumac is a, it was a brand over there in Eastern Europe. And I don't know how many flavors of ketchup they have but Do they I call mean, it ketchup or catsup ketchup ketchup it's ketchup. one of the only <laughs> russian words my wife knows she knows ketchup and she knows computer um <laughs> anyway but you know and and with this and i totally agree i think you gotta you gotta stay focused and especially with something like this where you you gotta overcome 
a lot of mis- misconceptions, right? So uh, love that you're building on your your three pillars first and and uh, getting your glass and your squeeze bottle, super cool. What about shelf life with this? Is this something where does it last longer, shorter, the same as typical ketchup? Or as they say in Ukraine, ketchup. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, ketchup, ketchup specifically is a vinegar-based product. So that ends up being the preservative. So I, we have a two-year shelf life as a powder. And then we list a two-month shelf life. Um, we suggest refrigerating. But, I mean, we're a, we're a vinegar-based product. So shelf life, yeah. it, even even Heinz is, is a great shelf life. I think the thing that we're that we're seeing though is our consumers are saying that our flavor is better. And I think what's happening is they're making it fresh. The flavors are popping. So they're not sitting in a plastic jar or a yeah. plastic squeeze bottle for nine months before they're making it to shelf. Uh-huh. And then they get on your refrigerator for six months, right? And now you have a year and a half old ketchup that is sort of flavor neutral. Our yield is five and a half ounces, which you end up going through faster. And so we, we've heard that our flavor is better. And I think that's, that's a big part of it. Dude. Well, I am, I'm stoked to try it out, man. There's, it sounds, uh, sounds awesome. I am a super sauce guy. It sounds what? It sounds sawsome. <laughs> it sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and w- one of my, w- one of our partners out there in New York, uh, stickies, you know, they're, they're yeah. all about that sauce. And because here's the thing, it's like you get chicken and like chicken is chicken, right? It's, 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 it's like, it's decent, you know, but you can get bad chicken. You can get uh chicken, right? Yep. There's not like amazing chicken. The Now, obviously there's another group, another restaurant in New York called Cutlets that they do some amazing things with chicken that in and of itself is a miracle, but like chicken is like, there's only so good chicken can be. It's really about the sauce. It's yeah. about how you dress it. What and you're putting so, on it. Yep. Exactly. You know, like, just like Mark Twain said, clothes make the man sauce makes the meat, you know, that's yep. what it comes down to. And and sorry if you're from, you know, uh, in Texas and you're offended by that, but I do, I like, <laughs> I like barbecue sauce on my barbecue. Um, yeah. But now there is a, it's, it's a really hotly contested thing. Like sauce is, there's a lot of uh, personal feelings about sauce. People have the sauce that they love, the sauce that they hate. It's like, you know, when you get to be as old as me, you know, I'm a mid thirties, getting to my late thirties guy where it's like, I kind of know what sauce I want, but you're going in there with a, with a new thing, a, you know, you have the sustainability angle to it. You have this powder angle to it. It's, it's hard to move people's perception sometimes, but so you have to really think about that customer experience. And so in your opinion, Carl, what, what do you think is the most important aspect of that customer or that guest experience nowadays? Yeah, I mean, I th- it, it's a good question. I think that for us, different than than a, a, a restaurant where you're sitting, sitting down, your co- consumers are sitting down and you can see that and interact with them. We have to trust that our product is going to deliver a good customer experience when we're not there. And so the things that we that we focus on is one, are, do they feel like they can relate to the brand? Because if you get there, then you have a lot more leeway with your customer if they feel like they can relate to the brand. So we focus on bringing a, a certain voice with, with the brand, which I think is important to be a super dry sauce. It's not going to be great. Um, and it, it'll come back to, did they trust 
what you're building? Like, are they willing mm-hmm. to, and you're, you're not going to, you're not going to please everybody. I mean, I think you've kind of hit on it a couple of times, this idea of a, a sauce from powder. We benefit from the liquid IVs and the, the hydrants. Uh, we, we've been from the, the, the cleaning products. They're already starting to take the water out of a lot of, yeah. out of a lot of products. So we benefit from that. Like there's already a shift. Um, but this is definitely something we're first to market. This is definitely something that consumers are seeing that customer experience for the first time and, and considering condiments. Like, I don't think people totally consider their condiments right now. Like their, their customer experience around condiments is just like, I want convenience and not really thinking about how do I make this? Well, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say with the shift in at home cooking. So your HelloFresh, your blue aprons, people are starting to get there and think about, just like you said, your meat is your meat. And then how do I dress it? And what do I get from that? And like how many variations can I, can I add? And so I think we're, we're playing in that world as well. Yeah. Cause I'm one of those guys where I will get out and I'll put four sauces on my plate and I'll get like a, you know, a bunch of chicken nuggets that I'll put from the freezer and I'll cook them up. And that's how I eat it. And like every single bite will be a different dip of sauce because it's like a buffet, but all you need is sauce to change that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I think that I, you know, looking at your ads, looking at your product, it seems like you guys are doing some really cool stuff. Um, and I'm really excited about that, but what, what are some successful tactics that you've tried lately? One, one thing that, that I think we're uniquely positioned to do from, from a, a tactical side and, and customer acquisition was free sampling. That's a mm-hmm. really hard thing for a business to do it, depending on your format. Like, tire industry you can't give a yeah. free tire as a sample right <laughs> what do you um, do ship out rubber like, yeah right like, uh, or a restaurant like it's, you're not giving away free meals um for our product though it's a powder based it's a low cost we have high margin so it's low cost to ship and so we did a thirty thousand free packet program and so we just free samples and we were able to get a ton of customer feedback so we were able to see how are people when you when you ask about your customer experience we're we're then able to get a little bit of insight into that they're taking pictures they're giving us reviews some people are so adamant they're like we don't like it some people are like this is amazing like i couldn't tell the difference uh my kids loved making it this has totally flipped sauces and condiments on its head for us because now we're actually thinking about them and it's fun to make. And yeah. so, so being able to do that for us as a tactic has been invaluable getting, I mean, I don't know, we're, we're at like a 4.8 on 300 plus reviews. And so for, for us to be able to give out free packets is, is one of the more meaningful tactics that we've done. Love that. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you've got a great product, then Awesome, you know, and let let people try it out. And I think that's a fantastic idea. Now, Carl, who is somebody that you feel deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry or in the food industry or in the CPG industry? Who's someone that we should be following to uh, to learn more about strategies and tactics? It's a good question. The it's it's this is probably going to be out of left field, but we did a pilot program with with the Minnesota Twins and Delaware, Delaware North as a concessionaire, uh, was, was a partner that we got to work with a ton. And we got to see firsthand the, the behind the scenes 
thought process on how they're bringing in new concepts, new flavors, uh, new products into a stadium that maybe traditionally you just think of as, as hot dogs and burgers. Yeah. Um, they were bringing in, they had hot Indian, they're bringing in um, like taco cars. Like they're, they're doing it from our, from our perspective, they're doing something that we wouldn't have expected. And, and I mean, we can't thank uh, Pete Spike at Delaware North enough for, for giving us an opportunity to be in a venue that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to be in. And so I think Delaware North is doing a great job on finding brands and seeing if, if they can leverage their assets to, to push those forward. Cool. Yeah. I got to reach out to them. They sound like they'd be a great podcast guest. DNC. <laughs> so how do people find and follow you and awesome sauce, Carl? Oh, so first our, our website is, is probably the best place to go. AWSNSauce.co or donewithheinz.com. Selfish plug there. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, on on all social media platforms, uh, we, we're we're giving it our best go uh, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook at, uh, at Awesome Sauce. Awesome. All right, Carl. Well, for helping people save the planet and dry chicken, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Given Ovation, Carl. I appreciate it. Thanks. Glad you're with us today, and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.